the Guardians might have an off day, but that doesn't mean I get to rest. We're going to talk about prospects. We're going to talk about where Franmo Reyes is headed. We will also debut my Guardian Shadow Draft on today's edition of Locked On Guardians. You are Locked On Guardians, your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Lockdown Guardians. I'm your host, Jeff Ellis, formerly of Scout, formerly 24-7, now all of Lockdown. Uh, I had someone bring up uh, that I don't need to give my uh, my LinkedIn bio at the start here. It's literally what you're supposed to do with the podcast is every episode can be someone's first, so you want people to know who you are. Uh, the reason I talk about that is very recently, for instance, the Five Trade Targets uh, podcast. I don't know why got like four times the downloads of a normal podcast for me uh, i really don't know how or why that occurred like i get it sometimes like on youtube i might hit the you know the uh, like kind of the algorithm right but uh yeah i don't know how that works on the podcast itself so that's why i explained myself explained that i used to write for scout 24 7 as a lead draft and prospect analyst before i came over here as one of the og mlb podcasters at locked on as it says on the hat uh as we approach episode 800 i don't know actually how close i am to it but we are getting closer to it so as i mentioned on the show today franmel is going to a new location the cubs the cubs claimed him it's interesting because you know they have the most connections to cleveland if there was any big negativity with him you think they would know uh, it makes you just think that the guardians were banging their head against a wall and released franmel because they wanted to get, you know, reps for their young players. And also, you know, they maybe respected his desire to not sit in AAA. And, I mean, you know, who's happy right now is good old uh, Paul Dolan. I mean, he just saved about $2 million with the Cubs claiming him. So uh, I don't think that was really the cause of this. I, You know, if he was playing well, he's not getting released. But you do have to laugh at the end of the day. They get through the deadline by saving money uh, instead of going all in when you are in the thick of things uh i also do want to comment like i've seen a lot of people post not a lot but i've seen enough things pop up about wokeness um with the guardian's name and people kind of wanting this team to fail it's a fun team you should embrace it and not get mad about the name and the other thing that has me pointed out is a lot of people talk about the attendance numbers it's hard to compare them i'm gonna wait till the end of the year to really see if the name had an effect but the thing I want to point out and say is it's really hard to compare the data in general because 2019 was when that core was still in place. That's, you still had Lindor, you still had Kluber, you still had that great core of teams that had been you know, in the playoffs, what, five straight years? And that's the last time you compare data, and that's pre-pandemic. Uh, but you compare data at the midpoint right now, when people sit down and do that, it's silly because they've had the least home games in baseball. It's a team that has just not had the opportunity. So the data right now is skewed. If you're seeing that stuff pop up, it's clickbait. Let's just move on. Fran Mill of the Cubs. The other point that needs to be made here is this is why I was talking about doing a two or three for one trade when it comes to Fran Mill. Because, or not Fran Mill, when it comes to the Cubs trading multiple prospects to the Cubbies, uh, where Fran Mill is now, because they have 40-man spots. They had the ability to absorb 
multiple prospects and they should be looking to absorb multiple prospects. It was a situation that made a lot of sense. Uh, we do not see anyone go there, unfortunately, for any in Hap or Wilson Contreras. It sounds like Contreras. I, I don't know when, when, what occurred there. My co-host wants to hop on the mic. Uh, but, I mean, I assume Hap, rightfully at this point, was kind of expensive. Contreras, I don't know how much Cleveland really... They checked in, but the negative defensive value is going to be hard uh, for them to stomach. This is a team that puts such a value on defense. So, there is that. Um just the truth of the matter. Uh, as we discuss things, I, you know, I've talked about the fact. Well, man, I'm saying the facts matter too much already. But one of the things I want to discuss is my yearly shadow draft. So let me see if I can get this in the YouTube. You're going to be able to see it. Over here is my signing sheet. So I did do a shadow draft for this year's draft. If you're draft out, this is part of segment one. It's not the full segment. I'm not going to spend a ton of time here. Here is the sheet I used. You can see that what the Guardians actually did over here on the left. Here's what I did on the right. So my big changes were, I debated this. I debated going Cam. Here's the thing. I was unlikely to stick with Chase DeLauder. Uh He was my 13th rare prospect. I think he's a great addition. That is not a knock on him. With that pick, I was either going to shoot the moon and go for Cam Collier, who's my number two player, or go with Drew Gilbert, who was my 11th rated player. Gilbert signed for like 2.5. So, I mean, significant savings that I could have really spread around. But at the end of the day... You know, if you're picking between 2 or 11, I'm like, I thought about Collier in a very strong class, high enough to put him 2. I'm willing to pay $5 million. So that requires some movement. I kept Justin Campbell, who I viewed as a top 30 talent. They got a 37. Uh, Chandler Simpson, if you followed the podcast or me talk about the draft, I viewed him as a top 40 talent in this class. The Rays took him in the second round. Taking him here netted huge savings. You can see Parker Mezik was $1.3 million. Uh, you're looking at 750000 for Simpson. So that allows me to start covering for Collier. Joe Lampy was someone I wasn't as high on. Trey Dombrowski is another guy who made my top 50. That saved me, you know, another 300000 And then to get over the hump, uh, you know, Sonny Dechara getting $172,000 is kind of fascinating. Him and Ivan Menelendez are close to the same age. Dechara was a two-way guy. He played in a better conference and put up almost as good of numbers. But Melendez got 1.4. Tachar got 172. Now, I know he's a big dude, as our friend over on Lockdown Prospects, Lindsey Crosby, would call him the Thick King. But this here is what really allows me to go out and you know save even more money and, and allow Collier to come. So I did have to change these three picks. You lose Mezik, Lampe, and Furman. But... By going Simpson, Dombrowski, and Dechara, I get Cam Collier. Let me know what you think with that. You might notice I kept uh, Lip, uh, Gary Lip, Guy Limscombe Jr. I think he's got some interesting physical traits. I did have to drop Dorshing in here, Griffin Dorshing, who I talked about. Uh, I had about 60000 I could spend, and there wasn't – He was. I was just going through the list, 60000 or less, and Dorshing was the most interesting guy to me. He's been constantly hurt. He's probably DH slash first baseman. But he had some of the best exit velocities in this entire draft class. It's just been a matter of health for him more than anything else. So he was, he fit, you know, like I said, I was looking at that pool. I needed one more spot to save money to be able to get Collier. This was that spot. And then the rest of the pick is the rest of the draft chalk. I was able to keep Santos, 
keep Jackson Humphreys, keep Austin Peterson, keep Jacob Zibin. So that's right. Not only do we get Collier, I also am able to save the 1.2 to get Zibin, the 600,000 to get Humphreys. So I guess it comes down to that. If you're looking at my shadow draft, which one do you prefer? If you are a fan of the draft, I know not everyone is. Uh, Brendan, if you're listening, I know you've already turned it off. You know, Pay attention to the other segments, I'm hoping. But which draft do you like more? Now, sometimes I get these right. Sometimes I get them very wrong. At some point, I'm going to pull up the 2016 draft so we can all laugh at me. Uh, that one I did very poorly compared to the Guardians. Uh, but in this particular case, I kind of like it. I'm able to keep the big pieces in place. And yeah, I do have to change the second rounder, the third rounder, the fourth rounder, and the sixth rounder. But by changing those selections, I can get a guy who is number two on my personal board, which I don't know, it was worth it to me. So that is my shadow draft. I thought I'd share the reasoning, the rationale. Oh, and I kept the money in over here to get uh, Gio Rivera Jr. in uh, day three of the draft because I think he's an interesting upside arm. I'm going to turn off the display capture and take our first commercial break. We will come back, and we're going to start talking about prospects for the rest of the show. That's right, prospects. We're seeing prospect lists get released all the time right now. So let's dive into some fun ones, and let's dive into what I tweeted just before the show began. And that first sponsor we have today is our oldest sponsor. And, you know, I know I'm not supposed to have favorites, but it is my favorite. That is Built Bar. And peanut butter is back, made with real peanut butter and peanut butter chunks. That is one of the big things. You can get the peanut butter lovers bundle right now, which is peanut butter brownie and just the peanut butter. I personally prefer just the peanut butter of those two. That's my own thing. Toffee almond has always been a favorite of mine. That is currently on sale. And cookie dough chunk puffs are also on sale at builtbar.com. If you go to builtbar.com today, do what I do, because I go, I buy, I use this product. Use that promo code LOCK15. That's LOCK15 to save 15%. That is the best discount you will find on the best tasting protein bar on the market. BuiltBar.com. Remember that promo code is LOCK15. I've got them just right over here. I'll be eating one later. Go check them out for yourself. So let's talk prospects. I saw a lot of talk because I don't know if they re-racked the Guardians prospects or if there was a change in the top 100 over at MLB.com. Uh, I also don't understand. <laughs> I just opened MLB's one. If Corbin Carroll isn't your number one prospect, you're doing it wrong. Uh, in that, This is where, like, okay, if I look at this top 10, this is where I feel good about myself as a prospect evaluator. Jordan Walker, I was the high person on in his draft class. Gunnar Henderson, high person on his draft class. Corbin Carroll, high person in his draft class. Now, for those of you who get tired of my bragging, uh, Grayson Rodriguez completely blew it. That is someone I didn't understand why they drafted him, didn't like the pick. That was one of my least favorite first rounders. So for the three I got right, and Volpe, I was mid uh, lukewarm on. Just lukewarm on him. So, yeah, and I don't necessarily still get all the Tristan Casas love. And Jack Leiter is too high on this list, and I can keep going on. But the Guardians have nine players in the top 100. I think because, you know, they did somewhat of a re-rack because Bo Naylor was down the list and he moved up and now he's the 100th rated prospect on that list. Logan Allen saying 95, Nolan Jones at 96. Uh, Cleveland, uh, Daniel Spino is at 10. They don't have a ton of guys super high, but it is interesting they have that many guys. Now, I also want to talk about an under-the-radar draft follow, draft person uh, not draft prospect, but also draft. <laughs> I was reading some of his draft stuff earlier, so that's why I would recommend it. 
uh, at Mason underscore McRae, M-C-R-A-E. He's one of those, when I talked about uh, Kieran before, they have the data that I wish I had. They have all of the data that is lacking. But it is an interesting list because he, he goes into that stuff. He talks about things you're not liable to see other places. And, you know, for instance, I think it is very enlightening to look at, you know, his talks about someone like Bo Naylor, Gavin Williams, you know, the, the health issues that have plagued Gavin Williams. But even what he's talking about when we get down to someone like Tanner Bybee. So, for instance, to give you a little look, you know, it's, it talks about how he was rated for him 313th in his college draft class for him, but talks about the sinker slider combo. And then, you know, for people who are lower on Valera, he explains it. It works in loops, so his best contact comes at the bottom of the zone due to his low ball uh, proclivity. This hurts him, though, as he can't elevate four seamers, which is, you know, the most common pitch in the big leagues, which is why, you know, some people are very low. That's why I like Fangraphs has him not as a top 100 prospect. Because there are those who just don't think he's going to be more in a platoon bat or don't think he can be successful with the way that that swing is. And the last time I heard people talk about that, someone, you know, dropping into my DMs to tell me there are serious concerns here was Gabriel Arias. And, you know, we'll still see what he can do. But I think this is a very worthwhile list to go check out. I think there's some information in here on prospects you just don't see anywhere else. So I would follow Mason and go check that out. Now, I released a essentially a top 20 today, uh, and I did it differently. I just went through and made a list for my top prospects of like an order of uh, trading like you know this is this is top it's a top prospect list but I also kind of looked at it just very honestly like which guy would be the hardest one to give up and then I went down from there so with this list we're going to kind of go over it over the next two segments we'll make this you know a little bit of a prospect heavy with the off day you know the Tigers are coming to town we'll do a little bit of the Tigers in segment three Fun fact with the Tigers, they have one hitter who has 100 or more at-bats with a runs created plus over 100. <laughs> That's how bad they've been. Remember the great story of Akil Badu? He's got an 18 this year. Uh, how about, you know, the impossible-to-miss kid, Spencer Torkelson? He's at a 68. Uh, he, is, he has been Fran Mil Reyes for them, essentially, on a lot of levels. Uh, Riley Green, we've all heard about how fantastic he's been. He's been solid, but he's got negative war as well. He said, uh... An, uh, a 90 runs created plus with a negative defensive war. I mean, it's all been bad. There's no other way around it. This team, that Detroit team, we'll talk a little bit about pitching in the lake, but I mean, Eric Haas has the third best war of uh, any Tiger right now. Fourth, Willie Castro. They just need to make more trades with the Guardians, it seems. We'll, we'll talk about that after we talk about prospects here. So let's go back. Why is Spino one? Uh, I know, I've talked about having a hard time with unicorns, not wanting to bet on unicorns. He has been hurt, and that is the concern, right? Can can is this a blip or is this a sign of more to come? Is this Adam Miller, or is this Danny Salas? I'm kidding. I know those are both bad. Um, you know what is the situation here? Is it Clevenger again? Bad. That's the problem, though. It's like the injured arms uh, didn't get healthy and stay healthy, and that's that's what you're hoping. I mean, Espino hasn't had anything major yet, but what he does when he is on is unlike any. He's the top pitching prospect in baseball if you didn't have health concerns it's potentially three plus pitches it is just it's unbelievable the only thing holding him back is health 
Number two, I have Gavin Williams. And again, it's health. I mean, he had health problems in high school, in college. He hasn't had health issues this year. And the walk rate is okay. But, I mean, he's been pushed heavily and quickly. And I think, you know, those two I look at as both potential frontline starters. And those are hard to come by. They are rare. And that's why they, to me, would be the two hardest guys to trade. Next up on the list, uh, and it's also that they have the highest ceilings in terms of, like, war. I think those two really separate from the group. Next up, Brian Rocchio. I just feel like he's safe. Yeah, he's a shortstop, but he could. I don't, I don't think there's a position he couldn't play. Uh, maybe not catcher because he just doesn't have experience, but you could put him anywhere. And he's just he's a silky smooth athlete, silky smooth swing. He's just going to hit. He's going to play well. He's going to do a bunch of everything. He reminds me a lot of Francisco Lindor at that age. And maybe because of that, I'm pumping him too high, but he just feels safe. And I say this as someone who three years ago, you know, we talk about uh, me being, you know, being honest with stuff and when I get it right, when I get it wrong, I was not impressed with Rokio when he was a top 10 prospect as a guy in high A. Uh, you know, I threw the 2020 season when he couldn't get out of Venezuela, I believe, to come work stateside. I mean, he was always the guy who was willing to trade away, and I'm glad uh, they did not listen to me. And I now have him three. Bo Naylor at four, the catching position elevates the internal value but he has been so good this year uh, just on so many levels that i i feel like he's a safer prospect five tanner bybee if you're not paying attention he is that good yeah uh was it the mlb list has has him and will brennan like 28th and 29th but again they had bo naylor i believe in the 20s until like a week ago so they're not always the most up-to-date. The people in the know are on Bybee because it's two-plus pitches. I, one can make a case that, I mean, he's up to double-A already that he's been more impressive at the double-A level than Williams. Like, this isn't that hot of a take. The hot take, honestly, would be Bybee ahead of Williams. Uh, and you're like, well, how could you make that hot take? Uh, because he has a perfect record of health. It's a safer profile while also still being incredibly uh, dynamic with potential multiple-plus pitches. like that I could, You could make that case. Six, George Valera. So this is the one where people are going to get on me and be like, you're a hater. And it's like at the start of the year, I had him number one in system. I talk to enough people. I hear enough things. I understand. I start comparing him to other players and other people with the swing. And it is it is a bit of a concern that, uh, you know, I don't know exactly how it's going to hold up. I think he's going to be a fine starter. You know, he might be uh, a guy who struggles more against lefties, who might have to be kind of a platoon type like Nolan Jones is. I, I don't buy into the superstar ceiling I see some places, but I buy into a plus starter. I buy into him being, you know, offensively you know, extremely productive. But I'm not going to go call him, you know, the best prospect in the outfield since Manny Ramirez. I don't think that's fair to him, and I don't think it's quite dead on. He's not a top 10 prospect in baseball type to me. Um, and there are, you know, genuine warts and concerns. So I look at the guys ahead of him, like, Bivy really doesn't have any. His explosion this year has completely changed his story. Naylor, it's, you know, two years ago was a bad year and questioned the defense. Rocchio, he had a slow start. Is that about the worst thing you can say about him? Williams and Espino, ceiling-wise, are just head and shoulders above everyone else in this system. So, yes, they have big warts with the injury concern, but their ceiling is so much higher that makes them elevate. 
we're going to take our next break, come back, and continue talking prospects, and then talk a bit about the Tigers as the Guardians try to stay in this playoff hunt. Let's talk about our good friends over at Bet Online. You know Bet Online. They're our second oldest uh, sponsor here on the network, and they've got you covered. Let's go check some things out. Instead of just reading the ad, sometimes I just read the ad, let's go and see what they have, if there are any lines up for Tuesday. Let's see what they think of the Cleveland Guardians tomorrow. Shane Bieber versus Tyler Alexander. Bieber is at negative one and a half, uh, plus one and a half runs for the Tigers. Uh, minus 110 on both of those. The over-under is at seven and a half runs. I would think under. Guardians lineup isn't necessarily set to be great against a lefty. The Tigers are the Tigers facing Shane Bieber. I'm thinking the under is the best bet in, yes, tomorrow's game. Uh, they're your number one, the fastest, in, and that was super fast, super easy to go get all of that data. They have you covered. Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, golf, contact sports. You can bet on political futures over at Bet Online. Go check it out for yourself today. That is betonline.net, and they've got you covered. It's where the game starts. If I'm going to get through all 20, we got to start rapid-firing this to a degree, right? So, after Valera and Nolan Jones, I think what he's shown in the big leagues, I, the defense and the arm have been a pleasant surprise. I think he can be, again, a, Valera is a higher ceiling, a better potential to be an everyday player. The gap between those two players doesn't necessarily, between Valera and Jones, justify those two being massively a part of my list. Valera, totally higher ceiling. But Jones, I think, has shown that he is deserves as an opportunity. Uh, eight, Logan Allen. I think he's probably more of a back end, but I think he's a pretty good bet to be a back end starter with a very high floor of being an amazing reliever. If not, Will Brennan at nine might be a surprise. Again, not listed that high everywhere else. What more can the guy do? Like, all the metrics are great. All the production is great. You know, he came from a, le- a baseball program not known for baseball. Two-way guy, one of those players who has just gotten better every year. I think Brennan has to be a top-ten prospect when you talk about the system right now. And then I have Ari- Arias at 10 because the ceiling is still there for plus power, plus plus defense at shortstop. It's tantalizing. It's interesting. I know he's had a rough year with the injuries, but I have him at 10. And then I like to go to... Just to continue the list, uh, Angel Martinez at 11 needs to be added to the Rule 5, another one of those players. Excelling in low A, which is, or low A, high A, but really excelling. Big numbers, big prospect. Keep your eye there. Next, High Freeman. Again, I think he's more of a backup than a starter, and that's why he's just lower on my list. I think he's going to be a very good player for a decade plus, but I think he's more super utility than every day. Uh, Cody Morris at 13, health. Uh, honestly, it's like, if he had been pitching this year, he'd already not be eligible for this list, I feel like. And in terms of ceiling, it's it's higher than Allen. He's pushing up towards that other group, but health has been the bugaboo. I don't know if he's going to last as a starter, if you move into the pen to um, hopefully you know, help him stay more productive. Health is the, the holdback. Petey Halpin comes in at 14 and because he does everything. P.D. Halpin has a little bit of a cult around him. Uh, people love P.D. Halpin. He is the underrated prospect in the system. Doesn't have one particular area you look at and go, that is going to be his carrying trait. Just does a bit of everything and stays incredibly productive. No real hole in his game. And, you know, he's a strong defensive center fielder. John Kenzie Noel, uh, just the power. I can't put him lower than 15. 
contact rate is an issue. The strikeout rate is an issue. Man, I mean that he makes you can hear the baseball cry when that dude shreds into it. It's unbelievable the amount of home runs he's hit this year. Brian Levesteed at 16. I'm not going to give up on him because of an injury-plagued year. If we gave up on catchers after one bad year, Bo Naylor wouldn't be on this list. You know, he had the rough year a year ago, and Levesteed passed him in most places and ranks. He's a plus athlete, excellent defender, good framer. Maybe he's a backup catcher, but he should be a long-term backup catcher for Cleveland. Next to put Chase DeLotter, five-tool upside. He's not going to play this year, so it's hard to say. In a year, you know, he could be top five. But he is that guy who could definitely fly up this list. And if we haven't seen them, you know, in the past few years draft a college bat early, it has been a while. You look at the players they've taken with those high picks, it's mostly been pitchers. So we'll see with this new aggressive approach to promotions if the lotter, I mean, if he's on that track of, say, you know, a Logan Allen or Gavin Williams, who were into small school players as well, the James Madison is definitely smaller than those two programs. Uh, FIU and um, ECU, you know, he should be in double A at some point next year. So we'll see. But the the ceiling potential, that's all there. Jose Tenya, he didn't follow up on the breakout. After the amazing fall, Arizona Fall League, after the really good year, he's always had great traits. It's just, eh, you know, he he just hasn't had the year to, to push for it. Hunter Gaddis, I've talked about many times on the show. Great prospect. Maybe he's a reliever, maybe he's a starter. I think he's going to play 10 years in the big leagues. And then Xavion Curry. Gash is just bigger and throws harder. Uh, so I put him ahead of Curry. Why can I say Curry? Xavion Curry. But they're very similar prospects to me. I, you know, It's a very similar story. of Maybe they're starters, maybe they're relievers. I believe both of them are major league talent. So that's my list. I know people... You know, can debate it, can argue with it. I just think at the end of the day, what I see is two elite-level prospects in system. Right now, two elite prospects that have big worries and risks. Then after that, it's kind of a jumble for the next five or so spots. And then, you know, just making this list, players who got top ten consideration, that goes long. That's not a simple thing. Like, that's what's great about this Guardian system right now. It's like the top 15, top 16. I mean, I thought for sure DeLotter would be higher and not sitting there at 17. Jose Tenya is currently 10th on the MLB list. Now, I I feel like this is, again, part of them not having updated everything. He's still a good player. He's an interesting prospect. That's how deep this system is. That's what stands out to me. It's just the overall depth where, yeah, maybe it's not like the Tigers. But at the same time, yeah, the Tigers had two top five prospects before the season began. It was Spencer Torkelson. It was Riley Green. And development is not a straight line. I say that all the time on the show. If I sold merch, that would be what is on my merch. So Green and Torkelson have plenty of time to turn it around. Hopefully they will. Hopefully they're not going to be like, you know, Clint, now Jackson Frazier, and Nick Senzel, and some of these other players were. I mean, Jared Kalenic. Remember him? He's kind of a forgotten man in Seattle right now. You never know with bats, and that's one of the other things. That's one of the reasons why I'm pushing pitchers up my list a little bit more because those guys being successful at the upper levels, we just know more about them. But they don't have, like I said, the, the, those top 10 overall prospects. Maybe Espino is viewed that way, but it is just a good, deep system, and this is a team that was built off of depth, smart eyes, smart eyes, smart development, and good scouting eyes. So we have two minutes to talk about the Tigers uh, on today's show. 
Like I said, they've been really bad in terms of war offensively. Uh, Jonathan, uh, I always say his name wrong. It looks like Shoop, but it's what? Uh, scope? You know, it's me and names. I apologize. 1.1 war, but 53 runs created plus. Javi Baez almost has one war, 79 runs created plus. Eric Haas, 96. He actually has a positive defensive war value for them. So it has been rough. A lot. I mean, everyone fell flat on their face. The prospects didn't step up. The trades didn't pay off. Uh, Hiram, I know you make fun of me for Robbie Grossman. He had trade value at the deadline, so that was something for them. But this is... It's rough. If you are a Tigers fan, it has been rough. I mean, the big thing is Tarek Skubal, who they supposedly were willing to talk trade on. I don't know why you would for a cost-control lefty who has been as good as he is. He's worth three war. I mean, you go through Andrew Chafin, and that's the thing. I don't know why they didn't trade Chafin. I believe he's on a one-year deal. He's got 1.1 war. He's in almost a career year. Uh, Joe Jimenez is nearing the end of his time there. He's got one war. They traded Fulmer, who uh, was also pitching well for the second straight year in a row. Alex Lang has been solid out of the pen. Uh, Gregory Soto has been a solid pen arm. They have, actually, that's probably their best thing is the the pen depth. But it's just, I mean, injuries have, have hurt the pitching staff. You expected more out of Manning. Alex Fiedo finally got an opportunity, was looking solid. He goes down. Casey Mize. With the Tommy John, the pitching got upended, and then everyone regressed. As we head into this series, uh, let's see if I just go to just pure standing. Let's see, the Tigers have 43 wins, the Athletics have less, and the Nationals have less. That's it. They're looking at another top five pick for the Detroit Tigers, a constant rebuild in place for that team you should sweep this series that's just the truth of the matter you are competing you have this three game series at Detroit Bieber versus Tyler Alexander Evange Cleveland Aaron Savale he's rusty versus True Hutchinson but should still be Evange Cleveland Bo Brisky hasn't been terrible but Plesak should be Evange Cleveland then we get to see who does, who isn't vaccinated right the trip to Toronto is going to be interesting remember anyone called up for that series is not added to the 40-man, does not affect service time. So you could see a Bo Naylor this year. You could see some of these young players get an opportunity, as I'm betting, at least two, maybe upwards of five players are not going to be able to go to Toronto. And after that series, Detroit again. So they need to make hay now. This is the point in the schedule where they they need to sit here and... Uh, so I was just realizing that Alex Call was claimed by the Nationals. I somehow had totally missed that. Good for Alex Call. Glad he was claimed. Uh, he has earned that opportunity. Offensively, his numbers were very similar to Will Benson this entire year. Now he's three years younger and doesn't have the physical tools, but he uh, performed exceptionally well. So I'm glad to see Call got claimed. But yeah, you got to sweep the Tigers. Basically, you have to beat the Tigers from here on out. Tigers are beat up. They have not played well. They don't have anything going right. You beat the Tigers. Toronto, you know, it could be hard. You do have to face Gaussman, but, you know, uh, Kikuchi, Mitch White, they got in a trade with the Dodgers as a depth arm. The thing with Cleveland is actually, we'll get into this. I'm not going to give too much away. But Cleveland is weirdly set up to be successful against Toronto, and I'll explain that as we approach that series. I've been Jeff Ellis. This has been the Lockdown Guardians podcast. For today, we're getting close to 500 
subscribers, make sure to subscribe on YouTube, rate and review. It helps. I have some thank yous to send out. I noticed on the podcast to people who have reviewed. I'll get to that on tomorrow's show. And as every show ends the same way, go, go, Guardians, go.